Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Well, as I said, uh, I'm going to name this Angel Visitation of the Last Days. And I want, uh, I want you to, again, to, to uh, bring yourself to, to believe that, that, number one, that God wants to use you. And I think that's a prerequisite to all of this, is to actually know in your heart that God wants to use you. Now, you've heard me say many, many times, if He doesn't use you and I, then He doesn't have anybody to use except maybe donkeys and roosters, all right? And we're not going to let it get to that. We're not going to let it get to the rocks crying out because we are going to step to the plate, as they say, and we're going to do whatever it takes to fulfill what God has called us to do on this earth. And by the way, our calling is much, much different than any other generation that's ever come to this earth, and uh, I think you and I both know that. So if you'll start today in Genesis, the 16th chapter. Now, there's a lot of Scripture here, but I think it's important that you understand that, that, that how the angels were used and how God sent His angels, all right? Uh, I think many, many times, and I, I, have always, I have always wondered about people that have had uh, said, well, Jesus came into my room. Now, I, I can't judge that. I wasn't there. But I, I've always wondered for sure how that could happen uh, because He isn't coming back until what? Until He comes, comes off that throne room and comes back to this earth, all right? That's number one. And number two, yes, he could come in the Spirit. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say those things don't happen, but I think what most of the time happens is that he sends an angel. And I think that angel, because that angel is in direct representation of, of the Lord God, I believe that many times that people mistake. And I've heard people say, well, he introduced himself as, as, as Jesus. Well, that, that now again, that's fine if it does. I know that all these years I've never had the Lord God appear. I do hear the, the audible voice of God. I do hear that, but I've never, I've never had the Lord Himself appear. Now maybe that's just here, there, or whatever. But I do have these two angels that have dealt with me from from the concept uh, of my ministry. All right. So the first time that we really are connected to uh, to the angelic force in, in the scriptures, the Tanakh is in the 16th chapter. In the first verse, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Boy, there was a deal that we're still, we're still putting up with, aren't we? Amen. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearken to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was, de- was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My, my wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid into thy bosom, and when she saw that she, she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes, 
the Lord judge between me and thee. Now, guys, doesn't that just sound like a woman, okay? You can smile, it's okay. But I mean, you know, it's just not going to work out, was it? And so, when Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand, do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of sure or to sure. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou, and, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself unto her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard thy affliction. Twelve verse. And he said... And, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, that uh, thou God seest me. For she said, I have also here looked after him that seeth me. Now, we know that, bless God, that the angel, when he appears... now. I, I'm going to go back, and I, I spoke, I, I always do these things, you know, don't want to get around me before service or you'll hear me preach the message, all right? But uh, I got talking out there uh, this morning, uh, and I began to talk about the first time that I that I was in the presence of one of the angels, and, and I had uh, had been partying, I guess, and it, I don't think I'd been to a party, but I'd had too much too much to drink, and uh, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm distraught, you know, now here's Sarai, she was distraught. Well, I was distraught. I didn't know, I, you know, I thought I'd, I had a business. I was very young. I had my own business. It would become very successful. And, and I thought, well, I was happy, but I wasn't happy. There was something missing. And in the back of my, the back of my mind, it wasn't my spirit, probably it was, but in that time I'd have to say my mind, I could hear my great-grandmother say, Tommy, you will be the prophet that God created you to be. And maybe those words that she spoke into my, into me, into my spirit, by the Spirit of God, maybe, maybe that's what brought me to that point in time. I don't know and won't know to that day, but I know one thing, that bless God, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. I thought money could buy happiness, and most of you in this room are old enough to know that money isn't even close to being, being happiness, alright? And so anyway, I turned around, I was by my automobile, and I turned around, and when I did, I looked up, and there's this huge being. Well, now, you know, after having too much to drink, the first thing you would think was, you're, you know, you're, you're just hallucinating. Uh, there's not anything in this world like that. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of batting my eyes, and as I was batting my eyes, the, the angel said unto me, said, are you ready now to serve the Lord God with all of your heart? And I looked up at him, and I said, yes, I'm ready. And he said, you understand this is a lifetime commitment. Right there in that place on that day and on that hour, I committed myself to God. Now, what happens when you break those commitments that you make? Now, you can call them vows. You can call them agreements. You can call them, bless God, a covenant, however you want to deem it. But you have made an agreement with God. And so the angel said, he said, I will come. And he said, uh, 
I will come back and I, we, will, I, we will teach you the things that you'll need to know. So it was the beginning. We see here, and of course we know that obviously what a mess that all was. Now, folks, you, you have to realize that when things are done wrong... Now, had God not told Sarai that she would conceive and have a child? Yes. Did Sarai take that to heart? No. Sarai decided she was going to help God out. She would take the handmaiden Hagar, and she would give Hagar unto her husband as a wife. Now, in that day and that hour, uh, that wasn't anything unusual, all right? And, and so she did, and then, then she got jealous, and it didn't work out, and now they got a mess, and now she ran her off. The problem here was, and is even today, that that is the seed of Abraham, okay? That's the seed of Abraham. Now, the entirety of the whole scenario with the Arab nations would never have existed if Abraham, Sarai, had not come to this kind of a silly conclusion, all right? And because they did, we are, uh, well, because they did, uh, we've had the problem with the Twin Towers. Uh, because they did, we've had all this other stuff that's happened in the world. Now, don't be disillusioned with that statement. This would not be a utopia if Sarai had not done what she did, all right? Because we have defiled God, and it would have come through another hands and another people. But the fact of it is, it wouldn't have been them. And that's what I want you, that's what I want you to understand. Now, in Genesis 19, we, we, we whip over there a few pages, and we start in the first verse here. And, and we're not going to go back through this, uh, the, 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 the sins of, of Sodom and, and Abraham and, and uh, how he was visited, all right? But it doesn't use the word angel or angels, all right? It says that God had spoken to him. But in the 19th chapter, it says, And there came two angels to Sodom at Eden. And Lot said, uh, uh, sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and, and go your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly that they returned unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast. And he did break unleavened bread, and they did eat. Now, uh, it goes on within all that. It talks about, of course, how they tried to get him in and to, because the, the, the city was full of, we would call them gays today, homosexuals, and, and they were coming in to the men to have their way with these two men, which were angels, obviously. And so anyway, um, uh, he goes back and he gets himself down into the, uh, uh, into the uh, 12th verse. And, and the men said unto Lot, Hast thou there any besides, uh, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out, spake unto his son-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-laws. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered... The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and lay hand on his two daughters. The Lord 
being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. Now it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he, is, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And so the, the angels, uh, angels took them and, and brought them out. And of course, we know that, that his, uh, his wife turned around and looked, which was, they told her not to do, and she became a pillar of salt. Now, there's many stories there, but we're not going to go there. The, the, again, the angels gave direct directions, all right, precise directions. Now, it's important. Now, I, I told the story out here this morning about I was in Africa, and, and we, were, we were in Malawi, and the next day we're getting ready to go across the border into, into Mozambique. Now, Mozambique is a strange place in itself, and we have about 14 churches over there, and maybe, maybe more of that by now, but anyway, at least 14. And so I was going to go over and, and cross over, and I had my visa and everything in place, and the next day I was going to go over, and I was going to minister to the people just over, on, uh, over the border into, into Mozambique. And bless God, I'm driving down the road and it's dusk, and all of a sudden I see one of the angels standing out in the field, and probably from here to the to the front of the, the front of the uh, the synagogue, uh, from where I'm standing here this morning. And so I said, "Stop the van! Stop the van!" So they stopped it. I got out and I walked out, and and the angel and I had a conversation. And what the angel told me was, he said, "You're not to go to Mozambique tomorrow because there's great danger." And they will, they will try to kill you if you go. You must not go. You must make other plans. You must go another direction. So I come back to the van. I get in. And they could tell I was out there talking to someone. Okay? Because when you have a conversation, you talk, they talk, you talk, they talk. And, you know, there's, I had hand gestures, I guess, and everything else that went on with it. And so I said, I said, did you see the angel? And they said, no, we saw nobody. Said we saw nobody at all. And, I, and so... And, so I knew that they didn't, but, but the key again is that the angel gave me precise directions. Now, the next day, there was a number of people that was killed at that border, all right? Uh, as I said, the, the problem with these things is it happens to be a, a you know, that you have a, a 15-year-old, uh, 10 or 15-year-old 15, uh, 15 kids with AK-47s that's wanting to shoot somebody, and bless God, uh, that day they, they shot a number of people. And they killed him. So, uh, again, what did God do? God kept me out of that situation through what? Sending that angel. So, God sent an angel. That's not anything new. Now, you know, as we go through this, some of you are going to say, well, that's fine and dandy. You're, you're a prophet, and God obviously sends an angel to direct you and to, to warn you and to, to guide you and the things that he does. But, you know, what about the rest of us? Well, that's the reason that, that I'm doing this, uh, this series, is because we are entering into the time when God is going to visit through angelic visitation to the people. He's going to do that. Now, we need to talk about, and you know, every time we get together, and I suppose any real prophet in the world is going to pound on sin all the time, and because we know what your problem is. Your problem, your problem isn't isn't, uh, bless God, what you mostly think it is. Your problem is a sin problem. You get the sin out of your life, you can get to God. You don't get the sin out of your life, you're never going to get to God. And we know that. And, and, and folks, when I start talking about getting sin out of your life, I mean the very thoughts that are in your mind that, bless God, that come up when you, to, 
think in your mind, well, I'm not going to do that with such and such, and they're doing me wrong, and this is not right, and I don't like that because it doesn't. I'm talking about the very thoughts, the very intents of your heart. That's what God judges. See, and that's, that's, where, that's where most of us, you know, most of us get, by, get back where we're not going to steal, hopefully. We're not going to murder anybody, right? We're not going uh, to do the, 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 let's just say, the Ten Commandments that would be things that we shouldn't be doing. We got, we, we, and we think if we get to there, well, we're doing all right. No, no, because God says that He looks upon the heart, the purposes and the intents thereof. So, in other words, God is trying to see what it is that your heart is saying. You know, you can hear this thing rattle all day long. This thing up here that's just about an inch below your nose will say all kind of things. They'll say all kind of nice things and can say some real ugly things at times, right? But that's not what God is particularly interested in. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, true, but the purpose and the intent of the heart is what God judges. So many times you'll make a mistake, and bless God, it will be... Boy, I hate to start this. This will open up a can of worms. But you can make honest mistakes. Okay? You can, that can happen to you. But, but what God is looking... He's looking here, and He knows by this right here whether you meant that or you didn't mean that. So what we're trying to do is get this cleaned up to such a degree that, bless God, that when it comes time, or you need for it to be time, when the angel to appear then the blessed God, that angel or angels will appear and will give you that direction, will come and do the things you need to do. Now, you're going to be uh, astounded uh, to know the numbers of angels that, that, that there are. You're going to be astounded to know the angels that, they're in your, that are actually in, in your, your command that you can do. Now, often uh, have I taught this uh, as this. Your angels, and you're going to find out when you get to heaven, are going to come up to us and say, you know, you remember such and such time when you were in such and such. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That didn't turn out very well. Well, do, you do realize we're standing there waiting to do something for you. And if you could hear in the Spirit, you could have heard us saying, Come on, come on, use us. We're ready. We're, we're willing. We're able to take you out of this situation. And you just turned around and walked off. And that's what we're going to find out, folks, that's happened in most of our cases. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something. God does not want his children in despair of any type. He doesn't want us there. The only way we get there is to take ourselves there. There are means. See, again, I, I think that one of the main things we have to do is to program, to program uh, you so you can begin to think in a different way than you've ever thought. You need to think that you are part of the other side and not just here and the other side over there, but you're part of the other side because you are part of that other side. And thank God that you're part of that other side. Thank God that we're all part of that other side. Or what? We couldn't operate. We couldn't do with these angels what it is that we need to do. But let's, let's go on. Now, in Genesis 22, and I'm just going to highlight as much as this I can because, like I said, there's so much of it. You need to study it, though. Now, this story here, it's about Abraham and when, well, let's start the third verse, 22-3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac the son that clave, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place in which God had told him. Now, he got there and, bless God, what was he supposed to do? He was to take his son there and he was to offer his son upon the altar to God. 
Now, let's go back for just a minute and talk about the seed that I planted that I'm going to help grow here. Now, what was God looking at? He was looking at Abraham's heart. God wasn't going to have him sacrifice that boy. That wasn't what was going to happen. But he wanted to find out if Abraham, because he had had no son, finally here came Isaac, and God is saying, sacrifice the boy to me. Now, he wanted to see what was in his heart. Did he love the Lord God more than he loved Isaac? Now, folks, most of us here today may be able to say, oh, I'd have done the same thing. I don't know that I would have. And I'm as honest as I can be with you. I don't know that I could have done that. So, you know, that's a place where maybe I'm not as the place where Abraham was. Because Abraham loved the Lord thy God with all of his heart, with all of his might, with all of his strength. So again, it is a heart thing. And, and, that's, and, and what I'm going to try to get into the message this morning is just exactly that, that you understand that God, it's a heart thing with God. The angels will come, but the angels won't come. See, uh, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And when you get yourself into, into a position, it, it all starts with such small things. Remember when we did the thing learning to live in the miraculous, and I told you you need to go home and begin to believe God for small things. Begin to believe God for miracles for the small things, because that's the way this thing happens. Folks, this thing isn't going to happen just bang and, and, and just because, bless God, you made this meeting, the next meeting, or you prayed the next three prayers. It's consistency, and it is your consistency with God in which God judges and deems provable to Him, or approvable to Him probably is a better terminology, as to how and when these angels will appear to you. So you must remember that. So, so we got there, and, and bless God, of course, he built, you know, he built the, he got everything built, and he was getting ready to do this. And the 15th verse says, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. Now, he had already talked to him the first time. And the 11th verse said, The angel of the Lord called him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou Fierce God, seeing that thou hast with, not withheld thy son, thine only son, for me. And then again he called out of heaven. I got ahead of myself in the 15th verse and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, because thou hast done this thing, that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that, is, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, the sand that is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of the enemies. Now, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, was that worth his obeying the voice? Yes. But what again I want you to go back to, I want you to go back to the, to the, to the trauma that had to be taken place of him and, and his boy, Isaac. What it must have been like to know him when he got up that day that he was taking that boy up on that mountain and he was going to sacrifice him, just like he had sacrificed many lambs and, and the things that he had sacrificed unto the Lord God because what was it? It, it was the Lord God speaking and telling him and commanded him to do so. So, folks, well, I guess the gist of all this is very simple. Not everything that God asks us to do is easy. Right? See, we get to thinking that it's a, such a thing for God to, to send the angel and say, oh, 
oh, go, go stand and prophesy. Go, you know, go do this and prophesy. And, uh, and, it, and it's not because the things that you prophesy, it may sound good to, to think about it. It may, I know people say, whoa, it must be something to have gone and stood before kings and prime ministers and, 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 and presidents around this world and prophesied and left signs. No, it just scared, literally scared the socks off of me to do it. Still does today when I have to do those things. Why? Because, bless God, I know that I'm being commanded to do something that I would rather not do. All right? So, um, uh, oh, by the way, I need, I need, to, I need to throw this in. Uh, 31 years ago, I had, a, I had a vision of standing on the steps of the Abraham Lincoln Memorial, looking across the reflection pond under Washington uh, Memorial of Washington, or Washington's Memorial across the way there in Washington, D.C., and, and, and I was prophesying against the nation. And when I was in D.C. here about two to three weeks ago, uh, bless God, they were having a, a big Jesus uh, uh, something that went on. They were preaching and singing and went on for 24 hours. And, and anyway, I got a phone call, and they invited me to come, said, we want you to come. And so I quickly said I would, and I went and I stood on the steps. And it was almost, you know, when you fulfill vision, often you almost feel, it's almost like it's in slow motion. And so there I was in a place that I'd seen 31 years ago, standing exactly in this area of those steps which I believe that I saw in that vision 31 years ago, prophesying against America. And, uh, and bless God, they, uh, they filmed it, put it, on, put it out on the airwaves, and, and uh, the reason they did it was because of the things that I said, the things that I pointed out to Abraham Lincoln, and the things that you have heard that, uh, of how he turned the Civil War around because the nation repented for their sin, or the North did. And how I reminded America that that's what it was going to take. And how I reminded all those saints that were there that no matter how much intercession that they were going to make for this nation, it had to start from the head. That President Bush himself was going to have to repent. And he was going to have to call all, all of his people around about him to repent. Call a fast unto the nation. They all fast. That would turn this nation around. And I was able to say it, able to speak it right there with my feet on the ground just as I saw 31 years ago. Now, what does that mean? Well, it, it just means that, bless God, that it took 31 years for that, that piece of ministry to, to be fulfilled that I was showing. But I have got that done. I've, I did what God told me to do, and now uh, it, it will take place because I was standing on that ground. Anytime I can stand there where the things are going to take place and prophesy, uh, then somehow that seals it. I don't know exactly how that works in the supernatural realm, but somehow it does. Uh, let's go to 24. In 24, uh, we see uh, in 7 and 8, it says, the, uh, the, uh, Genesis I'm in, The Lord God of heaven, which took me uh, from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Uh, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this thy oath, only bring not my son thither again. Now, the, the main thing here is to understand that the angel of the Lord would go before him. I, in the supernatural realm, and I, 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 I've understood this for a number of years, but in the supernatural realm, if you can do, I'm always saying, if you can take care of your homework and do it properly, then God will send His angel before you and prepare the way. Now, let's, let's stop and think about this. And one of the things that I teach, and, 
uh, about spiritual warfare is that let's say that you have somebody that just doesn't like you. Now, that can happen because of, of your personalities. It can happen to be a spiritual thing, darkness and light. But if you will fast and if you will pray and if you'll bind that thing up, all right, and now let me stop for a minute and tell you why I say bind, and I know there's some teaching out there that's a little contrary to that. Uh, the difference between my teaching and their teaching, the angel came and told me the only way you can handle the powers of darkness is first bind them up, then cast them out in the name of Yeshua. So I've done that for all these years, and I've been tremendously successful at it. As I have said after people said that, well, they prayed deliverance over somebody all night, I've never seen anybody, and I'm talking about satanic high priests, that it took me longer than 20 minutes to watch God deliver. It doesn't take all night if you know what you're doing, all right? If you don't and you want to play these games of, oh, what's your name, and I get the name of this devil and the name of this demon, who cares, all right? They've got to come out. They're under subjection to God. But if you do your homework, if you, are, if you will bind up, if, you will, if in fact you will do the things that you need to do, then God, you'll go to work the next day, and if you've had somebody at the workplace giving you a hard time, they'll just change. I'll never forget, I was boiler making, and, and I had a guy, and the guy just told me, he said, you know, Deckard, he said, I don't know why I don't like you. He said, I just don't like you. He said, I just don't like you. I said, well, gee, that's kind of bad, because I said, I don't have a problem with you. And he said, no, he said, I just don't like you. I said, fine. So I went home, and I, I, anyway, I fasted three days and three nights. I got before God. I, and now, this is after the angel came. The angel came and told me, he said, here is a lesson for you to learn. You follow these instructions and you watch it change so you'll understand the power of intercession. So I prayed. I bound it up. I fasted three days and three nights, went back to the job. And when I got there, we were sitting there having coffee at the 10 o'clock break. And this uh, guy looks at me and he says, You know, Deckard, he said, I changed my mind. Now, we haven't even spoken, haven't said hello. He said, I've changed my mind. He said, I like you. I said, but you told me you didn't like me just, just three or four days ago. He said, I know, but he said, you know, I got to thinking about it. And he said, something weird. He said, I just, I, I, he said, there's just something, he said, there's just something about you that I do like. And I, so he walked away and I said, thank you, Lord. Because what did God do? God sent his angel. Never be backward about sending the angel or sending the Holy Ghost, all right? Many times I'll send the Holy Ghost, and what the Holy Ghost does, he sends an angel. Okay? Now, we're not going to go there today, I don't think. But, but uh, the, the, to be able to understand that they do go before us, they do prepare the way for us, and they take care of the obstacles that lie before us. But in order to get them to do that, what, what did I need? I needed a fast. And I needed to pray. See, that, that, all this, brothers and sisters, and I, I, I think in the next few, uh, uh, you know, next four or five of these meetings that we hold quarterly, I think, and I think some of you are even begin to grasp this now, we're not doing this in some haphazard order in order to entertain you. That God has sent the angel. The angel was told me exactly the order in which I'm to conduct these, these, uh, these pieces of ministry to teach you, to bring you all together to one place of understanding. We've talked about fasting, and hopefully now you can, you can understand the, the importance that it is to fast. It's important because you'll never, you're never going to command the angels without fasting. You're never going to do that. And, that, and one of the big reasons is, 
It takes fasting to push you over into the supernatural realm so you can understand much, much better that realm and be able to receive from that realm than if you didn't fast. And it also takes that fasting to activate and move those angels or angel in the direction that God wants them to move for you. So all of this works hand in hand. It, you know, it takes prayer. It's just like I said, uh, probably the next meeting we get together, we're going to get together and we're going to talk about, we're going to, I don't think it's going to be the next meeting though. After I got home and I, I laid there and meditated and prayed about it, I think the next gathering that we have probably we're going to do on familiar spirits and probably begin to teach you in depth about how that works. See, we talked somewhat this morning. Uh, one of the, one of the things that I want you to be sure to leave here with this weekend is that Jesus Christ can't be that way, 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 and that way. He can't be all those directions. And for those of you that are chasing and trying to put this piece over here because, oh, it just, I can learn from all these people, you're just spinning your wheels. Okay? You're spinning your wheels. You ain't grown up enough to know what is and what ain't. Okay? I want you to understand that from this prophet. You need to understand. You're being taught. I've given you enough to choke on right now. If you're not studying this stuff, and I don't mean put it in a tape deck or the, the CD player in the car and drive down the road and think you've done learned everything Brother Deckard's got to say. You can study this thing for months on end and you'll never know everything Brother Deckard said this weekend, let alone the other weekends that you've been here. And if you're not going to study, you're wasting your time being here. Okay, and I, I want that very clear, and I want, it, I want it just that strongly received into your, your minds and your spirit. Because we're not playing, folks, we're, we are preparing you. God has, you're chosen of God to be here. You understand? We're, we're from different places. There's none of us, I don't think, directly from the, so much from the same place. So we're from different places, and God has chosen you to be here. And I spoke, I spoke about leadership. I talk about trying to help in, in what we're trying to do with to organize all this mess and, and to bring it together. But you're going to have to learn. It's line upon line. It's precept upon precept. And it is here a little and there a little, but it's here a little and it's there a little. It's here. Now, if you're chasing that over there and it gets planted, and everything you hear, every time you go sit down to listen to something, it's going to plant something. And when it plants something, you're going to live with it, whether you think that you will or you won't. Now, let me give, let me give you an illustration. Years ago, I told the people when I began to teach in, in a whole lot less depth than I'm teaching here, I began to tell people, I said, let me tell you what happens in the spirit realm. When somebody says to you, well, and I use me as an example, well, I like Brother Deckard, but I said, Sooner or later, that but is going to come up. And it's going to come up in the Spirit because that seed was planted, and you're going to have to deal with it. And then that's going to give... See, you've given place. When you when you play that game, and you've given place to discord, and so on, then you've entered into a place of sin, and it will grow and come up. And when it does, you're going to deal with it. And it's going to cause a problem between you and, and in this case, me. And, and, and bless God, so I taught it, and bless God, uh, sure enough, and it wasn't too long, we had a problem. And I used that problem as an illustration, but just saying to the people, I said, well, look, this is the way that it is. This is the way the world of the supernatural side operates. You have to understand. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. That's what the Word of God says. And what we're doing is giving too much place by going out here trying to learn all this stuff 
when I'll, I'll guarantee you, it, you, you, you'll spend a lifetime trying to learn what I'm trying to teach you. If you will go, if you'll go at this as hard as you're going at running around every time you can find a meeting to go to, to go to, you, you will come closer and closer to God day at a time. Because folks, there is no quick fixes. If there's something I pray that I've taught you over these months that we've been together, there is no quick fix to this thing. You just, it just isn't. It's called a lifetime. And if you look at it like that and get that in your spirit, you're going to settle down and be all right. But, but, but just to think, just to think that, bless God, that, well, this and that, and now I should have this or I should have that, you're kidding yourself. That's not the way it works. It took me 31 years to stand here before you this morning, and it would take you 31 years to stand before me this morning, all right? Maybe 32. You need to be a year older. Thank you for laughing. That's a joke. Now, so when we begin to examine and we begin to realize as, as, as we take this, that God will send that angel. He will send that angel out. Let's go, let's go. I've got one verse in 31 of Genesis. Now, of course, we're going to start in Genesis and we're going to end up eventually uh, over in the book of Revelation. And, and angels are throughout this thing. But 31.11 says, The angel Lord spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. Now, can an angel speak to you in a dream? Yes, he can. Have I ever had an angel speak to me in a dream? No, I haven't. I don't have godly dreams. I never have had. I've always, you know, <laughs> it never changes. God, I wish I had a dream. God, I wish I had a dream. Gee, they have dreams. Boy, it must be neat to have a dream. What's a dream? And you're probably sitting there if you had dreams say, Boy, I wish the whole room would light up and God would give me a vision like he does the prophet. Boy, that would be something. But isn't that just like human nature? Yes, it is. And it will never change. So I never had had an angel appear to me in a dream, all right? But obviously, they do appear in dreams. Now, there's going to be much, much more of this. There's the, the, the two kind of visitations, and, and you want to mark this down, one of them will be a, 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 a visitation with you fully awake, okay, and, and seeing the angel. Now, will everybody else see that angel? No, not necessarily. And at times they have. Now, I talked this morning about we had a lady that came here uh, at one time and, and spent time here in this, uh, in this uh, assembly. And she said that every time I'd walk like from here, if I'd be standing here and I'd walk over here, she said that angel would walk before me and would stand here. And she said every time you walk on the other side of the bema and stand, she said the angel would come and stand there. And she said, when you got ready to come down off the platform, the angel first came off the platform. The angel walked over and stood in front of the person that you were going to pray for first, and you just walked right over and, and prayed for that person over there first. So by realizing, by realizing that, bless God, that, that these angels can be seen that way, most of the time they are seen what? With a supernatural eye. Now, what do you see, Brother Deckard, when you talk about waking up at the end, at night and at the end of the bread stands the angel. I am seeing that with my physical eye. That angel I'm seeing. All right? And I, some, you know, when I was young with it, I'd act like I pretend that, to think you could out pretend an angel, okay? I'd pretend I was asleep, you know. <laughs> Here it comes again. As I told you, most of the time that, that, that the, one of those two angels, which there's two that has appeared to me throughout the years, have appeared to me, uh, bless God, uh, uh, it, they come to correct me, and I never, you know, no one likes to be corrected, but I, that's the way the correction comes, and, and bless God, when it does, 
it's kind of unique in its own way. You're, you, you, all you can say is, yes, sir. And just don't go back and do it again, because if you do, they're going to be, they, one of them is going to be at the end of the bed the next time. So you just learn it's better just to do it right, leave it alone, and not have to put up with that. Now, there's many other functions that those angels do in my ministry and in my life, but that happens to be, that happens to be one of the functions, all right? So when we begin, when we begin to realize then that, that they will come to you in dreams, all right? And for those of you that dream should see it, uh, we're, we're entering into the greatest visitation that this earth has ever known, angelically. The great, we're entering into a time, and listen to me, because as a prophet, I'm prophesying to you. We're entering into a time when the, when the angels of darkness, all right, are once again going to infiltrate. Now, they've already infiltrated, but there's going to be more openly than we've ever seen before. And they're going to try to convince people that they're angels of light. The part of this is all this UFO thing and all that that I've prophesied about for years and years and years and years. But the key is to realize that, that God is on the throne and God's got everything, everything in place. But you need to listen because out of the mouth of the prophets, God's going to be able to warn you. And I'm, I'm telling you that it's, the visitation is going to become so strong and, and, and both sides are going to have it, the darkness and the light. Many of the people of the light are going to be sucked into the darkness, all right? And the reason they're going to be sucked in is because they know not the Spirit of God. They know not the Spirit of God. And I hope that you learned the last time when we got down to you understanding that a familiar spirit could fool, did fool Paul, and a familiar spirit can, in fact, fool you, okay? So that's the reason why it's very, very, very important for you to keep yourself hooked up to a real prophet. It's very important that you do that. Because not everything that says, Lord, Lord, is going to be from God. Not in this day and hour. But there is going to be a great, great outpouring of, of angelic visitation from both sides. And, and when that comes, bless God, we're going to, there's going to be all kind of reports that's going to be going on. And praise God for the, for the good side and the reports of the real angels, all right? What I want to do with this assembly is to get you to the place where you're not going to be out here chasing after the wrong ones that you'll be able to discern and you'll be able to understand what they're set there for. The angels are set there for certain things, and that's what we're going to be covering this weekend. They're set to, to guide you, obviously, as one, to go before you as one, to be able to, bless God, to speak to you, whether it be audibly, whether it be spiritually, or whether it be in a dream, that they're there to do those things. And they're there to do that what? They're there, they're there to work in your behalf. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Yes.
שיר נברא, ואת נעשה בחפצו כל. עדיין מלך, עדיין מלך שמו נקרא.